Welcome to the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler teaches the good news of Jesus Christ and biblical Christian principles that empower all people with real-life timeless applications for daily kingdom living. Now here's your host, Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler, sharing kingdom truths for kingdom living. Well, praise the name of the Lord, everybody. We are excited about God's word on this day. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We pray for every listener that they will hear your word and receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue our sermon series titled, God's Supernatural Power. I will be reading in your hearing from the New American Standard Version of the Bible, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Our first biblical principle that we learned from previous lessons is God's supernatural power is activated and experienced through prayer. Our second principle is God's supernatural power is activated and experienced as we develop inner strength. Our third principle is when Christ settles down in our hearts. Our fourth biblical principle is God's supernatural power is activated and experienced when we function in Christ's love. Our fifth biblical principle is God's supernatural power is activated and experienced when we know Christ's love on a deeper level. In our foundational text, Ephesians 3, verse 18, it reads, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Our next dimension is height. Paul prays that the saints in Ephesus would have full comprehension of the height of Christ's love. The word height just simply means beyond reach, elevation, or heaven. How high is Christ's love for us? The height 
of Christ's love raises us and lifts us. When we are down or in despair or depressed or when we are hurting and feeling alone, it is the pure love of Christ that lifts us up to higher heights. His love surrounds us with his peace, strength, and calmness. It was James Rowe in 1912 who wrote the lyrics to the church hymn, Love Lifted Me. The lyrics are, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply staying within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. The height of Christ's love elevates us to a position above our circumstances, above our pains and challenges in life. The Bible declares in Ephesians 2 verse 6 that Christ has raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Positionally, we are in Christ and seated with Christ Jesus in the heavenly places. And it is in that blessed place we can access our spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1.3 tells us, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It is the love of Christ that lifts us to a level way beyond this earthly existence. His love is transcendent. And when we know Christ's love on a deeper level, God's supernatural power is activated and experienced in our lives. The Apostle Paul continues with his prayer and the next dimension that he uses is the depth of the love of Christ. The word depth is defined as deep. How deep is the love of Christ? It is deep enough to reach the most degraded sinner. It is deep enough to reach the Apostle Paul, who was a mass murderer. He was killing and persecuting Christians until Jesus Christ met him on Damascus Road and saved his soul. How deep is the love of Christ? It is deep enough to reach into our horrible pit of sin and despair and into our wretched state of destruction and death. It is deep enough to pull us out of the miry clay and to save us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 and 2 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. How deep is the love of Christ? 
deep enough for Christ to leave his majestic throne in heaven to take on human flesh, to come down to earth, and to go to Calvary's cross. Jesus Christ came to earth in the likeness of men. He was mocked and beaten, crucified at the hands of men, nailed to a tree for your sins and for my sins. That is how deep is the love of Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 to 8 states, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness and found human in appearance, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. How deep is the love of Christ? The love of Christ is deeper than hell itself. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9 declares, Now that he ascended, what is it? But he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. And then in Revelation chapter 1 verse 18, it says, I am he, that is Jesus, that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. How deep is the love of Christ? The love of Christ is so deep. It has depth that is beyond human comprehension. It blows our minds. The love of Christ is so deep. It's unfathomed and immeasurable. When we know Christ's love on a deeper level, God's supernatural power is activated and experienced in our lives. Now let's continue. In Ephesians 3.19, it says, And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Paul is continuing his prayer in this verse and begins with the conjunction and, which simply means not only what was previously said, but also to be included is to know the love of Christ. The word know means to come to know, to perceive, to have knowledge of, or to understand. Love comes from the Greek word agape, which means goodwill, benevolence, or brotherly love. Paul prays for the saints to experience the reality of knowing the agape love of Christ. This agape love cannot be known apart from Christ. It is a pure, unconditional, sacrificial love that embraces truth, the truth of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ is the truth, the only truth, the embodiment of truth. Our sixth biblical principle is 
when we seek the truth, God's supernatural power is activated and experienced in our lives. We often tell other saints, I love you with the love of Christ. And when we know and experience Christ's love, we love with his love. Love seeks and embraces truth, the truth of God's word. It shapes how we show love. This is what agape love is all about. This is what seeking truth is all about. It is laid out in scripture. In the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 37 to 39, it says, He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This biblical truth was repeated five times throughout the Holy Bible. It can be found in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, in the book of Matthew chapter 19, verse 19, in the book of St. Mark chapter 12, verse 31, in the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 27, and in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. There is no other commandment greater than these. We also come to know the love of Christ when we passionately pursue and seek his truth. Psalm 42, 1 declares, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. This is when we have a deep yearning, longing, deep desires that only Christ can satisfy. Only his truth of his word can satisfy. It is like a courtship. When my husband and I first met, we had so much to say and to share. We couldn't talk enough. We would run our batteries low on our cell phones. We would stay on the phone for hours at a time. We couldn't wait to see each other. We couldn't spend enough time together. We couldn't stay apart. All we wanted was to be in each other's presence. This is what happens when we yearn for the truth of Jesus Christ and really love him. Our heart's desire is to be in his presence at all times, to spend time with him, to sit at his feet, to come to know him through the truth of his word. Nothing else matters. Knowing this agape love and seeking truth just speaks so beautifully to our personal and intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we seek truth, God's supernatural power is activated and experienced in our lives. Paul continues his prayer in Ephesians 3, 19. It says, And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Paul's prayer includes the Trinity, all three persons of the Godhead. In Ephesians 3, verse 16, it's the Holy Spirit. In verse 17, it's Jesus Christ. And in verse 19, it is God the Father. 
The Bible clearly teaches that there's only one God who exists as one essence in three persons. The Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. All of the triune God working together in us and through us to activate and experience the supernatural power of God in our lives. The word surpass in this text means to transcend, to excel, to exceed, to throw over and beyond anything. The word knowledge in this verse means understanding, general intelligence, or moral wisdom as seen in right living. The love of Christ is knowledge surpassing, understanding surpassing, intelligence surpassing, science surpassing. The love of Christ surpasses anything that man knows. The love of Christ transcends knowledge. Daniel put it this way in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. But as for you, Daniel, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. We are living in these times now where knowledge has increased in overwhelming levels. On our mobile devices and laptops, we have access to over 30 or more translations of the Bible. We have access to the preaching and teaching via radio, internet, TV, YouTube, websites, Facebook. We have eBooks, videos, social media sites, increased knowledge on every scale and every level of every sort. And with all these platforms and ways to share and access knowledge, we can never ever attain enough knowledge in this age or the age to come to understand all there is to know about the love of Christ. It is unsearchable incomprehensible. It is past finding out and unable to understand. We can only know a part of it. It is so much bigger than we think. It is past our finite minds. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 12. It says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then Face to face, now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. Just as we gain limited knowledge when we study secular subjects, when we study and see Christ, the more we study, the more knowledge we gain. And the more knowledge we gain, the more we experience his love. One commentary writer stated so plainly, and in like manner, we may say that this known love passes knowledge inasmuch as our experience of it can never exhaust it. In Ephesians 
3 verse 19, the verse goes on to say that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Among all the great sayings in this prayer, biblical scholars believe this is the greatest. To be filled with God is a great thing. To be filled with the fullness of God is still greater. But to be filled with all the fullness of God utterly bewilders the sense and confounds the understanding. This is according to the Adam Clark's Bible commentary. God's supernatural power is activated and experienced. And here's our seventh biblical principle. When we take the limits off God, the phrase in this text may be filled up. It's in the aorist passive tense. It means to make full, to fill to the top, to furnish or supply liberally. The word fullness means completeness, fulfilling, abundance. In our foundational text, Ephesians 3, Paul prays in verse 16 for us to be filled with the Spirit in verse 17, to be filled with Christ. And the highest request is in verse 19, to be filled with God. Again, we see the triune God, all members of the Godhead in this powerful prayer. Paul is praying to the first person of the Godhead, God the Father, the Almighty God, the God of all creation. It is to this God he is praying, the God of the universe, our great eternal God, our all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful God, our sovereign Lord who desires to fill us with his total fullness. The word filled in this text also implies dominate. God in his totality desires to dominate and control all of us. And for some of us believers, that is a dilemma. We want to be in control and run our lives on our terms. We try to dominate people and control situations. And if that's not enough, we try to manipulate folks and do whatever it takes to get what we want when we want it. We give God just a little here, just a little there, just enough to get by. In essence, we really give God nothing to work with. So we find so many Christians in the body of Christ living empty, dry, unfulfilled lives. It is a sad thing to see when God wants to give us so much more. The greatest spiritual blessing is when we allow God to fill us up to the capacity where there is no more room for anything else until we are completely satisfied in Him. I'll never forget in seminary, in one of the best classes I took was called the Foundations of Spirit Life. And my professor, he was full of the Holy Ghost and power. And he instilled a powerful quote in our hearts. He said, 
God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. When we are satisfied in God, we are also satisfied in Christ because in Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. According to Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, they are one. This divine fullness is ours already because we are in Christ. Our minds, hearts, our wills, and all activities associated with them must be dominated by God. God wants to perfectly control it all. Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This scripture speaks to our whole body, entire being, the totality of our lives, being fulfilled and satisfied by the fullness of God. When we are filled with the fullness of God, every sense of want and every sense of emptiness is gone. It is like filling a glass of water to the brim. It is filled and full and it cannot contain any more. Jesus taught and gave us a glimpse of what it looks like to be filled to fullness. Let's look at his encounter with the Samaritan woman. In St. John chapter 4, verse 14, he says, But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. In another passage, Jesus addressed the crowd after feeding 5,000 people. In St. John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Only God, through Christ Jesus, satisfies and fills our hunger and thirst until we want no more. His fullness is infinite, limitless, boundless, and inexhaustible. And we want all God wants for us. There is no limit to what God wants to do for us. And when we take the limits off God, God's supernatural power is activated and experienced in our lives. Now, here are a few practical applications. Number one, invest time daily reading, meditating, and studying the word of God. Here are a few passages. John chapter 4 verse 4, Matthew chapter 22 verses 37 to 39, and Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. Number two, spend quality quiet time with the Lord daily. Number three, share the knowledge and love of Christ with the lost. And you might ask Bible teacher Tyler, who is this Jesus the Christ? Well, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus 
and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for salvation that's taking place all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is published. To hear more biblical teachings and give to support the ministry, please visit our website at www.thekingdomtruth.org. That is www.thekingdomtruth.org. God bless you until we meet again.